Hello and welcome to this week's Market Pulse. I'm Matt Ford, CEO and co-founder of Sidekick, and this is your five-minute update on key market news and events, the takeaways and insights from the Sidekick investment team. In this week's edition, we've got three great stories. US tech, better than expected, but still not great. One US bank fails and another gets even bigger, and the taste of climate change. On to our first story, US tech, better than expected, but still not great. Global equities rose last week, thanks in part to better than expected quarterly earnings results at some of the largest technology companies. More than half of the companies in the S&P 500 have reported so far, and nearly 80% have beaten the general expectations of market analysts. According to the latest Bank of America survey, many fund managers are increasingly worried that high interest rates and stubborn inflation could push developed economies into a recession later in 2023. As a result, they're paying very close attention to corporate profits for clues about what the future might hold. So far, it seems like stock market analysts have been too pessimistic, and large tech companies buoyed the stock market over the last week. Better than expected results from companies like Meta, Alphabet, and Microsoft resulted in one of the best days for the S&P 500 so far this year. But while trends in cloud computing growth were better than feared, both Microsoft and Amazon still posted their slowest growth ever. Microsoft posted 27% growth in its cloud business compared to 16% to Amazon. It's clear that customers are reigning in their cloud spending. While some large US tech companies have reported better than expected earnings, there are still a few big tech firms out there that have yet to report numbers. The biggest of them all, Apple, reports their quarterly earnings later this week. Global smartphone sales have been falling for the last seven consecutive quarters and, as a result, the consensus of investment analysts calls for Apple sales and earnings per share to fall 5% compared to last year. Despite better than expected performance at big tech, economic growth appears to be slowing down and it'd be premature to conclude that we're out of the woods yet. US GDP decelerated sharply in the January to March quarter and at 1.1% annualised growth came in far below expectations of 2%. While US corporate earning results have generally been better than expected, it seems we're in the grip of a global economic slowdown. On to our second story, one bank fails and another gets even bigger. First Republic Bank has been on the brink of collapse since the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. This weekend, US regulators took control of First Republic Bank and struck a deal to sell the beleaguered bank to JP Morgan, the biggest bank in the US. First Republic Bank was bigger than SVB, so the failure ranks as the second biggest US bank failure of all time. The last couple of months have been extremely volatile for the US banking industry, as it saw three of the four biggest bank failures in US history. First Republic Bank, though, had a unique business model. In the 1980s, Jim Herbert started making massive loans to wealthy individuals in Silicon Valley to help them buy property. The loans tended to be interest only, which typically meant borrowers didn't have to repay principal for up to a decade. During the pandemic, demand for this type of loan ballooned, and First Republic more than doubled their assets over the space of just four years. As interest rates rose, the value of the First Republic loan book declined, and losses on the bond portfolio expanded. When SVB collapsed, depositors quickly withdrew their money from vulnerable regional banks, including First Republic, and this contributed to the bank's collapse over the weekend. JP Morgan agreed to buy First Republic Bank and to take over the loans and deposits of existing First Republic customers so they'll not be materially impacted by the collapse. Shareholders in First Republic Bank, though, won't be so lucky. They've been completely wiped out by the bank's collapse. We believe the recent spate of US regional bank failures could result in regulators scrutinising the more lenient rules for smaller banks compared to their larger peers. Stricter regulation could be on the horizon for regional US banks. The fall of First Republic Bank hopefully means the worst of the regional banking crisis in the US is behind us, but only time will tell. 
And on to our final story this week, the taste of climate change. Over the last 20 years, investing in fine wines returned 7.6% per year, just shy of the 7.7% return from the FTSE 100 over the same period. But just like the rest of the global economy, the wine industry is increasingly being impacted by climate change, and this could have long-term investment implications. Thanks to changes in temperature and other environmental factors, every year produces distinct wines that are different from the previous year's vintage. This ability to reflect slight variations in the environment is part of the appeal. Fans are considered some of the most weather-sensitive of all agricultural crops, and steadily rising temperatures are causing problems. Eight of the warmest years on record were within the last 10 years. Warmer temperatures means the entire growing cycle of wine accelerates, which often results in higher alcohol content, lower acidity, and less refined tannins. But it's not just warmer summers that cause problems. Milder winters make vines increasingly vulnerable to late winter frost. Severe frost in France in 2021 resulted in the worst wine harvest since the Second World War. And it's not just temperature that affects wine, though. The increase in global wildfires and resulting clouds of smoke can destroy entire harvests. The smoke gets absorbed by the grapes and can result in the dreaded smoke taint. The wine industry is taking emerging problems seriously and introducing new grape varieties to regions to mitigate some of the impact. In order to protect the traditional Bordeaux flavours, Bordeaux introduced six new grape varieties in the last few years. The idea is that blending new grape varieties with distinct characteristics can help adjust the Bordeaux flavour profile and offset the impact from the changing environment. Some of the newer varieties were included as they were more resistant to drought and higher temperatures. This was an extraordinary step that shows how the industry is adapting to climate change. Over the next few decades, climate change and our efforts to build a more sustainable global economy will have far-reaching implications for the investment landscape. The global wine industry will be no different, and we'll have to innovate and adapt to survive in a warmer world. So that was it for this week. As always, we hope you're enjoying these updates, and if you want to hear more from the Psychic team as we build out our wider product, you can sign up to our waitlist at www.sidekickmoney.com. We hope to see you next week, but before we go, some important disclaimers. It's important to note that the content of this market pulse is based on current information which we consider to be reliable and accurate. It represents Psychic's view only and does not represent investment advice. Investors should not take decisions to trade based on this information. Psychic is not yet regulated, but has applied to the FCA for authorization to operate. Prior to Psychic becoming fully authorized, none of the information provided is intended as an inducement or an invitation to apply for any Psychic product or service.